Luke chapter 13 and verse 31. The same day there came certain of the Pharisees saying unto him, Get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. Now, this next verse, if you have red letter edition, is in red letters because it's the words of Jesus. And he said unto them, Go, I love this, go ye and tell that fox. (laughs) I just like that. Jesus was, we'd say, talking trash to him. Go ye and tell that fox, behold, I cast out devils, and I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem. Amen. Tell that fox, I'm still in the race. Amen. Tell that fox, I'm still in the race. Father, thank you for the word speaking to our lives today. We ask in Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. I am also going to read from Hebrews chapter uh, 12, verse 1 and 2. And this would be where I get the race part of the scripture or my title. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 1 says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. This isn't a time to drop out. This isn't a time to give up. This isn't a time to say, I don't think I can. But rather, this is a time to say, I'm still in the race. I'm still trying. I'm going to keep going. Amen. Jesus came and he said this. He said, go tell that fox, I'm still in the race. Amen. Somebody came to Jesus and they thought they was doing him a favor. They wanted to watch out for Jesus and let him know that there was danger in his path. Somebody was out to get him. And they came and they said, you need to leave. Get thee out. Depart hence. Go away. Get away from here. You need to go to a safe place. For Herod is going to kill you. And the scripture says that Jesus in response said, I've got a message for him. You brought a message to me thinking that you're protecting me from him. You go tell him. 
go tell that fox, behold, I cast out devils, and I am curing people, I'm healing people, I'm delivering people today, I'm going to do it tomorrow, the third day I'll be perfected, Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem. It's interesting that Jesus would use this analogy that he would call Herod, refer to him as a fox. When you, I am amongst outdoorsmen, I'm amongst hunters, I'm against around people that they know nature, they know animals. And one of those that's unique to me is the fox. Uh, believe it or not, uh, uh, we pulled up into our driveway. Uh, uh, it was some time back, but we pulled up into our driveway, and I looked, and I said, what is that running across our yard? It was a fox. There was a fox in the neighborhood. Well, I don't think there's any chickens, Brother Eric. I don't have to worry about the fox in the hen house. But it was interesting that the fox had ventured to come through our neighborhood. Foxes, when you define them by their nature, I read where fox personalities are are sharp. When you refer to people as having a fox personality, they're considered sharp, clever, creative. They're always moving, whether they're exercising their body or their mind. And for uh, fox personalities are ambitious and they're driven to succeed. When you talk about their behavior, uh, foxes are mainly nighttime hunters. being most active from dusk until dawn. And they also occupy well-defined home ranges that are marked with scents, which they would leave wherever they feel to mark their territory. I believe that this no doubt explains something about Herod, even from the beginning when Jesus was born. And the wise men came seeking Jesus. They go to the first Herod and they come to him and they say, uh, uh, where is this uh, king of the Jews that has been born? We have seen his star in the east and have come to find him. Ah, we want to worship him. Uh, that, of course, uh, it wasn't so much the worship, uh, it was the king. Who else can be a king but me? This is my territory. I have marked this, and if there's another, I want to know where it is. So when you find him, come back and tell me. I want to go and worship him also. And so they left seeking Jesus, and they found the child, and they brought their gifts, but before they left, they were warned by the Lord to not return to Herod, and so they They went 
home another way. And the scripture lets us know that Herod became very upset when he realized uh, he was one-upped by these wise men. Uh, And so what does he do? He says, uh, uh, let me inquire, what does your scripture say uh, as to where he was to be born, uh, this king of the Jews? Uh, It's Bethlehem. Uh, And so he goes to Bethlehem uh, and he finds uh, uh, that uh, uh, I I will just, uh, every child uh, from that time up to now, he kills every child two years old and under every male child is destroyed. It's killed. There's a great wailing and weeping that rises up. Why was it? It's because there's a Herod. There is a king. There's one that said, this is my territory and nobody's going to step in my territory. I'll destroy everything in it. Animals and the nature of animals is that they mark and define their territory very well. I find it very interesting when you study about this, when they re-released in the West the, the, the wolves And then they begin to track them and they found that the packs had well-defined territories. They were very defined. It was this pack for this area. And they could know that that was by nature, their instinct. They were born with that. I tell you that that's exactly what Herod was. And so others picked up on that. They would not challenge that. But oh friend, I've got news for you. There was one that came that knew from the beginning. He knew it from the beginning. He was the one that created man. He was the one that was in the beginning God created. Amen. The Bible lets us know something about this Jesus and who he was and what he was. We learn something about him. The Bible tells us that Matthew shows the Lord's fleshly roots all the way back to Abraham. Abraham was his fleshly father. It showed his nationality. But Luke went all the way back in the genealogies to Adam. It showed his humanity. But when you come to John, John showed his deity by saying in the beginning was the word. It showed his deity. I'm preaching to you this morning that that one who was the God of all gods, amen, he looked down and he knew what Herod was trying to do and how he was trying to show his authority in some way. He would be challenged by the one that was named and called Jesus. Praise God. But thank God there was somebody that was very much in ahead of Herod. He was very much the one that knew and would have the authority to stand and say, oh no, not on my watch. You're not going to run me away until my work is done. And even then it's only because I submit. Amen. It's because I'm going to 
to take back what rightfully belongs to me. I'm preaching to a people this morning. I believe your desire is and your hunger is. You want to be in the will of God. You want to be in the mind of God. And you want to be in the hands of God this morning. Amen. And so we live in a time when the world doesn't understand all the, the, Authorities that is in this world. They don't understand. But friend, I tell you, I serve a God that is higher than all others. I serve a God that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Amen. Now, the scripture lets me know that uh, there are natural laws, um, there are natural things, things by nature, uh, amen. But my God is supernatural, uh, hallelujah. He He's greater, he's the one that created nature in the first place. Uh, what by nature to us uh, is, is uh, water puts out fire. Uh, the Bible lets me know that you can soak a sacrifice like uh, Elijah did uh, and it can burn burn and be consumed. I'm trying to tell you that nothing can stop the Lord. Water can become like an asphalt parking lot and he can walk across the sea. There's nothing that can stop him. He is above those things. He is not bound. Jesus is not bound by the law of nature. He's not bound by the law of nature. When you look at what nature says, nature says, I am sick. Jesus says, you are healed. Amen. Nature says, I can't do this. Jesus says, with God, nothing is impossible. Amen. Are you following me? It's what God can do. For when I look at the things that the enemy has come, he has come to set up his authority, but the Lord has come to say, I've got a word for him. You tell him it's not over until he says it's over. He's the final word, and I'm going to depend on him. Somebody say amen. Praise God. When a bank does a foreclosure, a notice is given. When a renter does not pay, a notice of eviction is given. But when a squatter, you've heard things in the news about squatters. It's become something that pops up in the news every once in a while. When a squatter has moved into a house without permission, the owner has the right, I'm hoping it's still so, the owner has the right to cast them out without notice. Now, I know there's some places they say, oh, no, they got rights. Oh, no, 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 not in my opinion. You don't have a right to drive my car unless I give you permission. You don't have a right to live in my house unless I give you permission. I hope y'all aren't so of the mindset that it don't matter. I'm telling you, squatters should not have rights. Okay, I'm not trying to give you a law lesson. But when a squatter has moved into a house without permission, the owner has the right to cast them out without notice. A foreclosure, notice is given. No rent paying, 
eviction notice is given. But when it comes to the squatter, the devil told Jesus, all this will I give you if you bow and worship me. The truth was, it was his already. That's like going up to your house, knocking on the door, and somebody comes out and says, I'll let you have this house, but you got to do something for me. Oh, friend, that's when somebody's going to say, wait just a minute. I think the law's on my side. I don't know if you're grasping what I'm saying right now, but the Bible shows us that when the end comes, that Satan will not be given an eviction notice or a foreclosure because it was not his from the beginning. He is a squatter. Revelations 20 and verse 1 through 3 says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that, he must be loosed a little season. Amen. Even the devil was called by an analogy, a comparison, a serpent. Amen. I tell you that if a serpent comes into the house, you're going to take that serpent out. You're going to say, not in my house. I'm going to stop every hole. I'm going to do everything I can to keep you out. I tell you, friend, that's exactly what the devil would like to do. He would like to tell you that it belongs to me. Your life is in my hands. Oh no, friend, I've got news for him today. Somebody needs to stand up and look him in the eye and say, not on my watch. This is not your day. Amen. This is not your time. But I'm telling you that I have somebody that's greater and he's on my side. And so I've come to tell that fox, I'm not leaving. I'm going to keep serving God. I'm going to keep living for him. I'm going to keep serving him with all my heart. And somebody ought to say amen to that. When you look in the scripture, you find that the Lord often in the scripture, it shows us where he would prove who really was in charge. He let them walk around, but really he was in charge. He was the one, even up to the time when now he told, he told them, he said, you go tell that fox, I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. <laughs> Talk to the hand. <laughs> Just get on out of here. Leave me alone. I don't have time for you. I think I'm going to heal somebody else. I think I'm going to deliver somebody else. I'm going to set somebody else free. But when the day came that he says, okay, now it's my time to go and do something else. We know what he was doing. Our hindsight is better than our foresight. Even the disciples didn't grasp fully what was going on. 
But Jesus knew I must go to the cross. I must die on the cross. I must shed my blood and I'm going to go to the, to the tomb and I'm going to stay there three days and then I'm going to rise up and I'm going to have all power in heaven and earth and given unto me and I'm going to go back to heaven, but I'm going to send back my spirit. It was a plan. God had a plan. And so when the day came, it would appear to those, the casual onlooker, that Jesus had lost the battle. That he had lost the war somehow. But not really so. Not at all. You know it wasn't so. But but take a look. There is a hint. A very strong hint. Uh, that happened at the arrest of Jesus. I pick it up in John chapter 18 and verse 3. Judas then having received a band of men and officers from the chief priest and Pharisees cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. It's describing the scene when Judas was leading those who were coming to arrest Jesus. Now you would think that when they came, they would be very quick to say, hey Jesus, where are you? But I find it very intriguing to me somehow that it was Jesus that approached them. And in verse 4, Jesus therefore knowing all things that should come upon him. You're not surprising me. Amen. I was expecting you to show up. He went forth and said unto them, whom seek ye? They said, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. Don't you know they was taken a little back? Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them. Listen, I am he. Now, when he said that, when he said, I am he, he used the Old Testament name, I am. And when he said that, he released just enough power that those who came to arrest him could not resist that power. And the Bible says, and Judas also which betrayed him stood with them. And as soon as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. I tell you, Look at how they fell. They fell backward. They didn't fall forward as if we're mocking you. They fell backward like a big blast of power hit them and pushed them backwards. And they couldn't stand up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? They fell backward to the ground. Then asked he them again, whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled which he spake of them which thou gavest me, have I lost none. Peter wasn't getting it. Peter grabbed his sword. Peter's going to fight because he thinks 
Herod's overstepped it. Or he thinks the high priest have overstepped it. Somebody has overstepped this and we're going to fight and take it back. Jesus never gave it up to begin with. He's still in charge. It's only what he's allowing them to do. And he pulls a sword and Simon Peter having a sword drew it and he smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. He didn't say, I'm going to try to cut his ear off. I believe he was saying, I'm going to cut your head off. And he swung. And the reason it got his right ear, that's his right ear. He goes, ah. And he was ducking a sword, but he didn't get down low enough. And it caught the ear and cut the ear off. And it's on the ground. Now, I'm going to tell you what. That's a, that's a, that's a mess. That's a mess. So I, I go now to the book of Luke chapter 22. I'm showing you who's in charge. Verse 50 and 51, I pick up something that, that uh, John did not express, but Luke did. And the Bible says in verse 50 of Luke 22, And one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. And Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye this far. Permit this to happen. Don't stop me from being arrested. And he touched his ear and healed him. And I'm going to tell you, if you've come to arrest Jesus and you get your ear cut off <laughs> and Jesus reaches down to here, let me put that back on there for you. That ought to be enough to say, I've got nothing to do with this. But you see, when you're walking in the mentality that this is my territory and we're in control, you're going to do some stupid things in your life. You're going to do some things that is everything against the Lord. But the Lord in his mercy will still be there to say, look, I don't care how much you hurt yourself. I don't care how much you mess yourself up or others hurt you. I'll reach down. I'll pick up the pieces. I'll put your life back together again because it's not Herod's world. It's my world. And I'm going to touch you and help you and heal you. Somebody ought to Say amen. Woo, hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. I tell you, I am still in the race. I've come to tell somebody this morning, it's not over until he says it's over. It's not done until... He says it's done. I don't care how much your life has been messed up. I don't care how much it may seem like the world thinks it's in charge of you and got its grips on you. Jesus comes to say it has nothing on you unless I let it happen. Amen. And so I've come to deliver you and I've come to set you free. Hallelujah. And Jesus submitted himself. He did not come 
and get arrested and they took him away because he had no power. Oh no friend. Jesus is saying I'll let you do this because I'm doing it for a purpose. There's something good going to come out of it and I'm believing God's going to do it for you. I believe this morning you're not here by chance. I don't believe you're here because nobody else could do it for you. I believe it's because Jesus came to do something for you and he put it in your heart. I want to go to church today. Amen. The devil can't do it. Amen. The world can't do it, but God can do it for you and he can do it very, very shortly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what God can do. It's what God can do. Would you lift your hand to the Lord and love him? Hallelujah. It's what God can do. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, I appreciate his presence. I appreciate what he has done for me. Hallelujah. The enemy wants to try to destroy. The enemy wants to try to kill. The enemy wants to try to do all those things that is destructive. It has deceived you. It has taken you down a path of promise and delivered you nothing. But God is still there for you. Hallelujah. And he's going to help somebody this morning. I believe that. Hallelujah. I believe he's here to help you this morning. Would you just lift your hand one more time to the Lord and love him, Jesus. I love you and I thank you. Hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. You're good to me. You're good to me. You're good to me. Would you stand with me? Praise the Lord. Somebody, somebody needs to recognize the nature of the enemy. The Bible says the thief, it's called the thief. The thief, that's the devil. He comes not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus recognized the nature of Herod. Herod, you old fox, you subtle, slimy thing that wants to try to destroy. I'm not going to yield to you because you have no power except I give it to you. And so here's the deal. I'm not leaving. I'm still here. Folks, if the devil could destroy you, he would have already. I listened to uh, Brother Mark Morgan tell something. And uh, he, he told about how that uh, he went through a very dark time. And he, he said that uh, God brought to his mind about the man Job in the Old Testament. Now, you maybe have heard of Job and how that he lost all his belongings. He lost his flocks and his herds and his servants. He lost all his children. He lost everything but his wife. And she wasn't of a good mind. She was saying, curse God and die. She was just, uh, you know, encouraging him to go ahead and, and, and yield to it all. But not Job. He said, though he slay me, I'm still going to serve him. I'm still going to serve him.
And he said, Brother Morgan said he was like fussing with the Lord. Lord, I know that story. He said, no, 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 no. He said, the Lord said, look at it again. So what is there more to know that I, he says, take notice. The devil never told Job what he was going to do. He said, he just came and did it. He said, what do you mean? He says, if he's telling you what he's going to do, he probably don't have the permission to do it. He said, if he's telling you what he's going to do, he probably don't have the permission to do it. Am I talking to somebody this morning? If the the enemy is telling you he's got all these things, this bad list, he's going to do these things to you and it's going to hurt you. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to take you and I'm going to destroy you. He probably doesn't have the permission to do it. The only thing the devil did was the things God gave him permission to do. Are you following me? And so here's the deal. If he was going to kill you, he'd already have done it. He don't have the permission to do so. You know what you've done? You showed up to church with all his threats. Hey, Jesus, you better get out of town. Because Herod's going to kill you. Oh, no, he's not. I'm going to stay here. Praise God. Hey, put your name there. You better just lock yourself in a room somewhere and just stay there. You better just hide from the world. Because... It's going to kill you. It's going to destroy you. I wouldn't even go to church if I was you. And that's exactly where the devil has some people. He's got them locked up in a house of lies. He's about to destroy you over the lies. It's time for somebody to stand up and say, devil, I've got a word for you. And it's from the Lord. I've got a word for you. And that is, I'm going to keep living for God. And I'm going to keep on serving the Lord. I'm going to keep on praising God. I'm going to keep on worshiping Him. And you cannot stop me. And that's why I'm here today. I've come to receive something from the Lord, whatever He has for me. If you feel like you're ready to receive something more from God, whatever it is, you're open and you're willing to say, God, I want everything you've got for me. Sometimes we mess our own lives up. We want to blame it all on the devil, but sometimes it's our own fault. And so here's what we need to do is just come before him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to pick your ear up off the ground. And he's going to put it back on and he's going to heal it. Your life may be all a bloody mess. But the Lord says, I'll heal it with the touch. Is anybody hungry for that today? I wonder if you just make your way to the front and join us this morning. You're not joining the church. Please understand what I'm saying. And I don't want to mislead you. This is not joining the church. This is not that. No, it's a relationship with the Lord. We we come because we want to pray before we leave. We want to seek the Lord. We want to receive of the Lord. And if you want to come and receive something from God, you can do that this morning. God's got something special for you. I feel like the Lord. 
Lord wants to reach down on the ground and pick up whatever has been cut off of you. Amen. Whatever piece of your life has fallen to the ground and you're missing that today, the Lord says, come near to me because I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to put it back on and I'm going to heal you and I'm going to deliver you and I'm going to set you free. Hallelujah. Would you just begin to lift your hands to the Lord this morning? If you need to repent, this is a good time to repent. And it's good for all of us to repent. Oh, put it in the hands of God. Seek him one more time. God's got something for you. He's got renewal for you. I've come to remind somebody, amen, that God has done something for you in your past. Amen. You just need a renewing and a refreshing. You've already been baptized in Jesus' name. Get back under the blood. Get back in his hands of safety. Get back into a place to where you know that he is for you and he's going to help you. Oh, just begin to call upon his name. Hallelujah. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. That's it. Hallelujah. Let the Lord touch you this morning. Let the Lord touch you this morning. God is able to help you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.